welcome to episode one of the newest show on the TWIP network, TWIP Weddings. This week, it's our first date, minus the awkward part where you're not sure whether to end the date with a handshake or a kiss. This week, you'll meet your hosts, Brian Caparici, Robert Evans, and Bruce Clark, and gain some insight into our plans for the show and how you can get involved. All this and more on episode one of TWIP Pro Weddings. Welcome, guys. How you doing? Good. Hello. Hello. I'm excited. Uh, excited to be here with you guys. Um, I think we've assembled a, a, a crack team. Um, you know, I'm big fans of both of you guys, and uh, you know, I'm looking forward to learning a lot from both of you guys, and uh, and from our audience, and, and getting into the show. So it's pretty exciting. So we want this show. You know, we want this to be a valuable resource for wedding photographers, um, regardless of how long you've been shooting. Um, whether you're just getting started out or whether you've been in business for several years. Um, our goal with this show is going to have informative and educational discussions uh, about all things related to running a successful wedding studio and also portraits. We'll get into portraits as well. But um, each episode, we're going to talk about a, a whole bunch of things. We're going to talk, we're going to look at sales. We're going to look at marketing. Uh, we're going to talk about technique. We're going to talk about gear, creativity, workflow, post-production, business challenges, uh, organization, inspiration, and a whole bunch of other topics. But those are some of the things that we're going to cover on this show. And from time to time, we're also going to bring in special guests to get their perspective on a wide range of topics related to the industry. Now, we're also going to want to hear from you, our audience, and we're going to have a few different ways that you can get in touch with us. Um, one of the ways is through the website, so you're going to be able to go over to thisweekinphoto.com and leave your comments on the blog post for this episode or future episodes. Um, you'll also be able to send us questions. We've set up a special email address for this show. Uh, you can get a hold of us at twipwed, so that's twip, W-E-D, at thisweekinphoto.com. Or you can send a tweet using the hashtag TWIPWED. And we'll watch for those. And we're going to have uh, segments on the show where we're going to answer uh, listener questions and get your feedback on the show. And we're going to take all that and use that to help frame what we do with this show, what topics we're going to talk about, what our discussions are going to be about. So this is exciting times, guys. Um, I'm really glad that uh, that both of you are here. Um, like I say, I'm, I'm big fans of both of your guys' uh, work. And uh, I think we've got... We cover a really wide range of experience on this show, um, and we've got different talents that we're bringing, you know, bringing on board here. So it's a pretty exciting times. So I think, like a, a lot of our clients, I, I know that uh, this last year, a good a good third or a good quarter of our clients uh, met for the first time, sort of online. Um, we're kind of doing the same thing here a little bit, so it's it's kind of like plenty of fish, but not really. Um, except you know, at, at the end of the, the end of the episode, we won't have to worry about that awkward moment, right? When whether we have, have a kiss or whether we just handshake. <laughs> so I, I always kiss on the first date, so that's I'm fine oh, with that. Oh dear. Yeah. <laughs> so let's let's meet our panel of experts. Let's uh, let's find out who everybody is on on this show, and uh, for those who maybe aren't familiar. Uh, with Brian, Robert, and and myself, um, that's what this episode is going to be about. We want we want to introduce ourselves to you guys, um, so you know who you're talking to, and uh, sort of build talk about what this show is going to be about and what uh, oh, you know, what the structure is going to look like going forward. So let's start with uh, let's start with Robert, um, Robert Evans. If I got yeah. in an elevator with you and we had a couple of minutes, <laughs> give me give me the quick overview of of who is Robert Evans. All right. Well, first I would say like I'm excited to be here and to be part of this. Uh, education has always been important to me as far as giving back. Uh, I'm going into my 26th year as a professional wedding photographer. I shot my very first wedding in uh, January of 1989. 
So I shot film and then transitioned into digital probably around hmm, 2002, I think, is when I made the jump. Um, but I definitely want to, you know, like you said, you know, we want to frame this show around the listeners and what they want to learn and educate. So definitely, you know, write your questions, comments, send us email. Um, and hopefully, I think one of my goals is to help you not make the mistakes that I did. Mistakes are good because we learn from them, but actually uh, just to help uh, help you grow quicker and, you know, and forward. And I really want to bring up, I think for me, it's important the, the quality of wedding photography, not just image wise, but um, status wise. You know, I think sometimes wedding photographers uh, get the low mat on the totem pole position. And uh, I think wedding photographers make the best overall photographers because you have to be quick and fast and know what you're doing. Um, you know, and I think a wedding photographer could shoot more things than, you know, let's just say someone that was a, a landscape architect. I'm not putting them down. I just think, you know, I can shoot a variety of things because of what I've learned over the years. So anyway, I'm excited about that. Um, what else do you want to know about me? I really got into photography when I was 12, 13, you know, my dad was into it. Um, and to sum it up, basically I decided, uh, when I was in high school, really, that I kind of got into it, fell in love with it. It was a teacher that really kind of got me involved in it, took it all the way through junior high and high school, got out, got away from it for a little bit, um, and then got back into it. And, and at 19, you know, 18 years old, you know, growing up in Los Angeles, my attitude was like, well, what do you want to do with your life? And I wanted to do photography, but the thought was like, well, how am I going to be a photographer? Like everyone's a photographer in this town, like everyone's an actor. Um, and that was, you know, in 88, 87. And, um, I think the most important lesson there that I've learned looking back on that is, you know, just basically the putting the one foot in front of the other, doing what you really want to do, finding your passion, believing in yourself and just keep going and not, you know, listening to what others tell you, you can't do it or you shouldn't do it. Now, I, I think it's probably, I would not want to be a photographer starting out in the business today, but it doesn't mean that should stop you. Um, you know, you can rise to the top and, and be the best at your game if that's what you want and you're really passionate about. Um, what else do you want from me, Bruce? Well, that's, I, I think we can, we can certainly uh, bounce off that. There's some things I wanted to ask you about, you know, why wouldn't you want to start up today? But I think maybe before that, let's, let's get uh, Brian in on this. And I want to learn a little bit more. Just again, give us the elevator pitch, Brian, a little bit about who is Brian Capricci. Cool. I, I'm the token Canadian here on the show. So no, 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 uh, is, uh, no, 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 Robert's the only, uh, the only one from the U S then. Okay. So I'm, I'm up in uh, Niagara, Ontario, not too far from Niagara Falls. Um, I've been a wedding photographer. I'm going into my ninth year now, so not quite as long as Robert, but, um, over the last nine years, as much as Robert's seen a lot of changes in 26 years, there's also been a lot of changes in, you know, the nine years that I've been in. And so, um, I've, I've mostly been a wedding photographer for my entire career. I actually got into photography and, uh, and I'm sure listeners will appreciate it and sort of get to know this as we get into it. I have a huge passion for the business side of photography and, I actually got into it uh, because I had the entrepreneurial uh, sort of kick into it as opposed to getting into it because of photography. I actually started my business um, as a sports photographer and I didn't even own a camera. I didn't even know what an f-stop was when I first started it. So I actually started it for the business reason and then fell in love with photography from there. So it's sort of an interesting journey for me because I fell in love with photography as I got into it, but my path is different 
than what most photographers would typically follow. Most photographers get into it because they love the creative side of photography. They love, you know, the, how what how they can, you know, communicate a vision or capture a story or tell a moment through photography, and then they get into it specifically wedding photography in the context of this show, and they quickly realize there's all this business stuff they have to do. And so my my passion is business, and as much as I you know, I love photography and I love shooting and I've you know been fortunate to to get all kinds of recognition for that. My passion in teaching is on the business side of it, and uh, that's that's really what fuels me because there's too many photographers that I have met, seen, and you know been in communication with that end up failing in this industry. But it's not because they're not great photographers; it's because they don't have those solid business foundations. And so I'm really, really passionate about teaching those actionable, how-to, really down-to-earth, concrete business ideas, no fluff stuff, just to get you know photographers on board and get them, get them moving and growing and creating a sustainable photography business. And so that's sort of where my passion is today in, in terms of teaching. But yeah, I'm still a full-time working uh, photographer, weddings and portraits. I spend about 65% of my uh, working hours on the on wedding photography and the rest of it on portrait work uh combination between family portraits boudoir portraits and business portraits and so that's sort of me in a nutshell i didn't go to school for photography i'm completely self-taught in photography i have a computer science background and i also went to school for business so i more have that tech nerd kind of like nitty-gritty mechanical background on things so i'm sure the listener will will learn that as we go through that I'll, I'll often be coming in and you know talking about the the those nitty gritty kind of techy nerdy things and hopefully um, you know if if I go too fast sometimes you guys will slow me down on that because I <laughs> I, I make a lot of assumptions when I talk about things like that um, but listen I I'm super jazzed about this I love podcasting I have my own podcast as well about the business of photography I consume podcasts like it's going out of style like if you looked at my iPhone and all the podcasts I subscribe to like I probably got fifty in there. And I just think it's a great form of education because it's uh, it's valuable. It's long form, so you can get really into some meat and potatoes in a podcast show format. Um, but it's also, in a way, slightly passive in the way that you can be doing other things while you're listening to a podcast. So the listener right now that's listening to us, uh, I mean, there's a chance that you know you're sitting there behind your computer listening while you're editing. But you could also be out for a run. You could out be for you could be driving. You could be at the gym. Whatever it is you're doing. I just love that you can be taking in this kind of education uh, and doing something else. So it's like a passive educational stream. And so I really love that. I consume podcasts like crazy. And so I'm excited to be involved in this one as well with you guys. Awesome. That's great. Yeah. That what is about you, Bruce? Podcast. Tell us about you. Oh, about me. Well, I'm probably, I guess, the, I guess the, I'm the rookie. I'm the newbie on the, out of the group here. Um, I've been uh, I've been shooting for just a little less than Brian. I've probably been in business for about eight years, um, but I've been shooting before that for for quite a while. Um, I never saw. I kind of fell into photography accidentally. Um, I, I have a background in education and a background in business. Um, I've been working. I was working in the IT space <clears throat> for a number of years. I taught in Japan. Um, I've had a bunch of different careers in my life, but I never, photography wasn't ever anything that was on the, you know, in the plan. Um, it was always something that I just enjoyed doing. Um, initially it was mostly just travel photography. Um, I did a lot of traveling when I was younger and, uh, you know, shooting film and, and just did a lot of, <clears throat> a lot of travel photography and never really thought, you know, it would be something that I'd get into other than just a hobby. 
And then as I started doing it more, um, I realized how much I, I enjoyed doing it. And I started, of course, you know, people see your work and, and, you know, you start getting asked to shoot different things and different events. And I actually got started photographing events and uh, covered a lot of different events and uh, had kind of a bit of a big break. I ended up shooting a, a big event for uh, David Foster. Uh, for the David Foster uh, Foundation, and that was pretty cool. And, you know, I was I was hanging out with uh, rubbing elbows with with Seal and and other you know entertainers, and which was which was pretty neat. And uh, I didn't think weddings, you know, weddings were again. I had that idea in my mind of what a wedding photographer was, and I and I didn't think weddings would be something that I would ever have a passion for or that I would want to get involved in. And uh, but as sort of fortune would have it, I ended up you know shooting some weddings, the second shooting starting out. And I was surprised at how much I, I really enjoyed it. Um, like Robert said, it's it's probably of all the genres of photography, it's probably the one where you, you get to, you're covering everything. I mean, you're dealing with portraits, you're dealing with environment, you're dealing with landscape, you're dealing with, you know, fast-moving action, you're dealing with ever-changing, you know, situations and lighting conditions, and there's so much happening um, that it, it's I think probably one of the most challenging genres of photography that anybody could get into. And, um, and it, but it can also be one of the most rewarding. Um, I think, you know, just getting to see couples, you know, coming together on their wedding day, um, sharing their love with friends and family. Um, it's a very emotional event that, so there's a lot of emotion in a wedding. Um, and just being there and, you know, having the privilege of being that person to, and a lot of times you're, you know, you're there with them probably more than anybody else on the day. You know, in a lot of cases I'm there with the bride or with the groom, you know, I spend more time with them on the wedding day than they might even spend with each other. Um, (laughs) you know, uh, or that they spend (laughs) even with their, with their, with their closest friends and family. So it's, it's, I, I see it as a real honor and a real privilege to be invited into that. And, you know, I, I, I treat that with the utmost, you know, care and respect. Um, but like I say, I've only been at it um, now for about eight years. When I first started out, our first couple of years in business, we really weren't focused necessarily on weddings, pardon the pun. Um, you know, <laughs> and so, you know, our first couple of years in business, we were only shooting a few weddings each year. Uh, but it gradually started to build. Um, that's one of the, you know, and it's one of the things I want to learn from you guys too. You know, I'm excited to get your your thoughts and, and hear your ideas about growing business and improving your business and, and, and you know, booking more weddings. Um, because yeah. I think we're all in, in that, you know, same situation, right? Robert mentioned that he wouldn't want to get started in the business today. Um, you know, I don't know what your markets are like, but if it's anything like a market that I'm in, it's heavily oversaturated with everybody, you know, Black Friday just came and went in in the states, but also up here in Canada. And I'm pretty sure that that will spawn a good twenty, thirty new photographers by next week um, who got a good deal on a you know on a on a entry level SLR. But um, you know it's it's being able to separate yourself from the you know from the masses a little bit and continue to grow your business. And so I'm excited by that. So yeah, I've been shooting for about the last eight years. Primarily focused now on on weddings, but I do also uh, supplement you know the wedding season with you know portrait work and and some commercial work as well. So, so yeah, so that's that's, uh, that's my story in a nutshell. So can I interject with just a thought? And it's it's kind of interesting hearing each of our paths, and then obviously having talked with the, you know the photographers that we have. Um, the journey to being a photographer is is really an interesting one, and, and there almost seems to be this pattern that repeats itself um, for you know obviously all for us, but then also I'm sure for the listener in that 
a lot of the times photography comes as a bit of an accident, doesn't it? Where it's, you know, you kind of, you maybe don't intentionally get into it for that reason. You kind of just, whether you pick up a camera and fall in love with it or you're like me where, you know, you you, you have an idea to run a business and, you, you know, photography just happens to be the industry you go into. Um, maybe that would be a good kickoff point for us to kind of discuss and sort of say, what does that look like? You know, you're getting started as a photographer. Maybe you're listening to this right now and you've got the bug, right? You love photography or maybe you're like me where it's like you're an entrepreneur and you're like, yeah, I think photography would be a good industry for me to go into. Um, you know, what does that look like? Because there's so many paths that you can take. And I think one of the biggest mistakes that I've seen a lot of newer photographers make is that they kind of get into it and they kind of get overzealous about things and they kind of just really, they just start running with it without really stopping and thinking about a plan or saying, you know, here's the path that I should go down or here are some of the steps that I should do. It's kind of like baby steps, right? Like I, I forget if it was Robert or if it was, you know, it, Bruce that said the whole one step at a time. There's so many things that you could do, right? Like w what have you guys found in your experience to be some good repeatable steps that a newer photographer can take getting into this industry? Right. I think too, I think that's so important because, um, you know, you have to learn as you go. And I know, you know, in today's world with technology and everybody wanting stuff right now, I, I definitely see a big sense of entitlement. And I don't think it's just within the wedding industry. I think it's just within, you know, court of youth in general. Right. Um, but, you know, I see a lot of people within the wedding industry, you know, they want to just, I want to, you know, they, they start out, well, I want to charge, you know, whatever their 5,000, <laughs> 10,000, 20,000, whatever it is. Right. And they want it like to do that within a year. And, you know, it takes, you know, like I cater to a high end clientele, but it's taken me years to get to that point. Mm -hmm. um, and I think you do your client a disservice if you bite off more than you can chew in the beginning. I think that's, you know, it's really important. If you're new, it's great. You know, like love the passion, love the eagerness. But don't do your clients a disservice. Um, you know, I think on the next show we're going to talk about um, a list where the website put a blog that I read like 50 things brides said their photographers could have done better. So <laughs> we'll get into that later. But, I mean, it's going to touch on that as well. And and some of the things, like just reading through it, is like, you know, like my thoughts were like, well, you know, A, how much did the bride pay the photographer? But B, maybe lack of experience, lack of, you know. So, again, we're not putting you down. We want to help you get there and help you get those things and, you know, be the best photographer. Because we, we're going to bring up, we're going to make wedding photography. You can be proud to be a wedding photographer and go out there. And this is an industry that, you know, is bigger than probably most other genres of photography. And, you know, I think that's my goal is really to just, you know, encourage yeah. you guys, inspire you guys. And I love, Brian, that, that you're on the business side, because if I were to say that's the weakest part of my business, you know, like most photographers, I think, you know, I'm a good photographer, but I had to learn to be a business person. Yeah, I, I think that's a really good uh, point, too, Robert, where it's, you know, I think our industry is one of the most. And of course, I'm a little biased because we're in the industry, but our industry is the most supportive industry that I think yes. exists. I mean, there's so much available to newer photographers and i think that's a really really good point to drive home to the listener right now where it's saying listen we're here to help you get going like th there's no animosity there's no you know it's not us sitting here on on a high hill saying like don't do this don't do that you know mm -hmm. like don't do this it's kind of like yeah do it get in try it here are some steps here are some things here are some some lessons we've learned in the last, you know, collectively between us 40 years or 45 years that we think you can learn from. Right. And so I think that there's a lot of that in our industry. I think that's a really good place to be. Uh, I've written a lot about this, but I, I, I think that 
right now is actually probably as much as it's the most competitive time to be a photographer, I also think it's probably one of the most exciting times to be a photographer because of what's available to us, because of what things like social media and the internet and, and just all these things that we have available to us at our disposal. I think it's such a great time to be a photographer. Uh, yeah. what, what do you guys think? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think that's one of the appeals and that's why I think so many, so many people are getting into photography today, whether it's, you know, as just as a hobby or whether they're looking at pursuing it as, you know, as a profession is that, you know, social media and the internet has changed, you know, how we're able to distribute and get our work seen, you know, in front of, you know, thousands, you know, hundreds of thousands of people almost instantaneously. I mean, we've got tools today like Instagram and Facebook and, you know, all these other tools and Google Plus and all these other tools. We can get our work out there like never before. I mean, I'm sure, you know, maybe Robert, maybe more so than me and Brian can speak to back in, you know, more in the film days. If yep. you shot a wedding, I mean, who who else would see that wedding unless you put it up you know, at a at a at a gallery showing or a print competition or something like that. How else? How how did you get your work seen back in those days so that you could get bookings and other people to to yeah. hire you? Well, if you think about it, I started shooting weddings before the internet. Whoa, <laughs> BTI. <laughs> Yikes. Wait, there was a time before the internet. <laughs> yes, there was. <laughs> um. So yeah, no, it was. I mean. I think then, um, just to kind of address that quickly, but it was more of a localized marketing. You know, like I marketed to florists and planners and people within my own city, and now I market globally. You know, I go after planners and people everywhere. And of course, you know, just with social media, people can see your images everywhere. Um, but I've sort of opened up my market. You know, like I don't just have to market in Los Angeles or, you know, I'm gone after other cities that, you know, I want to work in. Mm -hmm. I think a really an interesting point about that is that, you know, with the ability that we have with social media and the internet and everything, I think a lot of what photographers are able to do today in a way has become more crowded and because there's more photographers in the space and, and there's more noise on like the social media channels and blogging and all these things, it's gotten very noisy. And I actually think there's, we're going to start to see this throwback where those that are seeing greater success are those that are maybe going back to those methods and techniques and ideas that worked 15, 20 years ago. Because right now, if you if you play in this pool that's very busy, it's going to be hard to be noticed. Whereas if you step out of it and all of a sudden you're like going out for actual networking lunches or you're doing something physical, you're bringing a, a wedding album to a planner and saying, hey, I know you have a Facebook page. I know that you have a website, but here's an album that you can show your brides and some of my work. Go ahead and you, know, and you can use this. It shows up your work too. I think those <laughs> photographers will see more success in the next few years than those that are just using the online versions of it. What do you guys right. think about that? Well, I think just to, I'll say something real quick and then Bruce, you talk, but mm -hmm. uh, what you just touched on, Brian, like business is about relationships yeah. and building those relationships and communicating to people one-on-one -on -one, dialogue, face-to-face, heart-to-heart. And if you get out there and you do that, you will grow your business quicker than anything else you can do by putting images on social media. Yes, there's those people that get lucky and throw something up. It goes viral and they get their 10 seconds of fame. Yeah. Uh, but building relationships one-on-one, -on -one, face to face, you know, like I personally, like I have a tag at the end of my email that says prefers, uh, you know, one-on-one -on -one dialogue to emails and texts mm. because we're in a world that, you know, I actually did a Ted talk, not a big one. I did a local TEDx <laughs> talk, but, and that's exactly what I talked about it. And the title of the talk was communicating from the heart. And yeah. 
you know, I told a little bit about myself personally in the beginning. You only have about 15 minutes. And then I turned it and I talked about how it's important for us as human beings to continue to communicate one-on-one, heart-to-heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the whole, I mean, the whole internet revolution and, and social media, it's kind of a blessing and a curse at the same time. I think, you know, on the curse side of things, I think, again, we're seeing a bit of the, maybe this is a bit of the younger generation. There's a bit of this immediate gratification society, right, where they want everything and they want it today, you know, just put it on credit, don't care, don't plan, just go in and jump in and do it. And I think mm-hmm. we're seeing, you know, a bit of that where, you know, somebody gets a, a new camera and maybe they experience shallow depth of field for the first time, you know, of a photograph of their of their cat and they put it up on Facebook and ten of their friends like it and they feel like, oh my God, I'm the, the you know the most amazing photographer now since sliced bread. I'm I'm a wedding photographer now. You know, the next day, right? All of yeah. a sudden, and they haven't thought about some of those things. So it can be a bit of a you know, and I can see it's very enticing. It's very you know, it's like oh, I can get going into this, and, and they're getting a lot of that positive feedback. But then at the same time, like you say, we've lost some of those personal touch, those relationship building things. And I, I agree with you, Brian, that you know, doing that face to face and doing some of those things. Uh, somebody, a great tip somebody had given me once um, was that if you're applying for a new job, for example, rather than emailing in your resume or faxing in your resume, somebody suggested you know go you know either hand deliver it. Or if you can't hand deliver it, send it via a courier. Like put mm. it in a courier envelope, address it to the person, send it. They're going to get it on the other mm. end. They're going to actually have to you know, physically sign for that thing. They're going to open it. It's going to have a bigger impact. And they're going to yeah. remember you more than than the, than the 200 email applications, you know, applications that they that they receive. So it's again, it's that same kind of principle, right? Is getting out there, doing the networking, socializing with people face to face, getting to know them. And that's one of the things that I've noticed in this you know, the last couple of years with our business is trying to do a better job of building up those relationships with the vendors, with you know the florists and the planners and the venues, because that's where we're seeing more of our bookings and referrals coming from rather than just the cold, you know, cold call emails and, and email inquiries. And we can probably have a whole show dedicated to dealing with, <laughs> to this, yeah. you know, email inquiries, but you know, right. we'll get, you know, we'll get, you know, hundreds of email inquiries that we reply back to and it's crickets. We never hear from them again. And, and yeah. people are just overwhelmed. I think that's a great show. I wanted to do it. We're going to do a show on that. Like what, and I want this from the listeners, like what do you do to entice the people to write you back when you just get that email inquiry. Like we all get them and they fill out the form on your website. And so you guys start thinking about that. We'll do a future show on that. on just like, you know, like the tricks to start the dialogue, to start mm-hmm. the conversation. I like that idea. Yes, definitely. We'll put that down for a future show topic. So let me quickly, I, I, let's move on, but I'm going to put an exclamation point. I mean, you can say what you want, Brian, but yeah, yeah. Um, I saw him. He jumped at the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> um, as far as like the fame goes, the 10 seconds of fame, you know, you, you know, Bruce said, mm-hmm. Oh, you get 10 likes. I've done some of the biggest weddings in the world and some of the biggest celebrities in the world. And you get your 10, 15 seconds of fame. And I can sit here and say that my photographs have been on most covers of most magazines in the world and traveled around, but it doesn't change your life. It's definitely helped my business, but it doesn't mean that just because I've done those huge weddings that I have to continue to to market and do those relationships. And, you know, that world chose me. I did not choose it. And I actually, uh, in a certain way, love to, you know, I love the personal connection of my everyday couples. Um, but they'll just show you. It's great to say that. It's great. You know, I think photographers want their stuff published in magazines. It, you know, it doesn't change. It doesn't change your life, you know, for the long run. Yeah. Sure. And, and, and to, to kind of piggyback off of that point, too, it's, you know, the whole publishing thing, the 10 seconds of fame, you know, the, that kind of thing will make you feel good in the moment. But be careful that you don't get hooked on that 
almost in the same sense that you would get hooked on a drug because it's like it feels good and then all of a sudden it's over. And if you're constantly looking for that next thing, listen, it's good to be hungry. I'm not saying don't be hungry, don't look for it, don't look for improvement, but we also have to remember what what we really and truly do in our business. And I think that the wedding industry specifically, and I could I could rant for a, a long time about this, so I won't, <laughs> but you know, the, the wedding industry in general, we spend so much time and energy trying to get those little quick fixes for ourselves. Those we got published or we got this or we got on this list or whatever, whatever. And a lot of the times I find that's at the expense of our bride and groom. And we have to remember that those are the people that are hiring us and trusting us and paying us to do what we do. And so I really think that um, if we can shift our focus in our business and, and in our creative abilities and in our focus to, you know, be client centered as opposed to necessarily like me centered, us centered, -centered. (laughs) yeah, self centered. I think that that's a really good place to be. And that's a really good mindset, I think, to adapt for, for any photographer, whether you're just getting started or whether you've been in it for a long time. Right. We're there as a team and we also have to get along with, you know, five other, 10 other vendors, whatever it is. I think there's a lot of people that operate under the me, 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 and especially photographers, you know, you can even talk about photographers, videographers and that whole (laughs) thing. But, you know, the photographer thinks they're more important. And in today's world now, we have to share our time with the videographer where in the before they used to kind of just stand in the background. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and we'll have again. We're gonna have a, that's another topic that I think we could have. Yeah. Is, you know, working with videographers <laughs> and you know, bring. I'd like to bring a videographer on and kind of have that conversation. I think that would be good. You know, to to have that conversation as well. So let's maybe um, just sort of taking a little bit of a different course here. Is I, I want to talk to both of you guys a little bit about kind of what your, your philosophy on wedding photography and maybe share kind of what what's your typical approach to a, a wedding day and what's your favorite part of the wedding day. Maybe maybe Robert, let's start start with you. My favorite part of the wedding day, I think, um, I guess, is the thrill of the hunt. And what I mean by that is, you know, capturing that moment. Now, I wouldn't call myself a photojournalist, per se. I'm not just a photojournalist. I think, you know, we wear a lot of different hats as far as that. But I love that moment. Like, you know, what can I actually capture that day? And I think to be good at that, it's sort of having good anticipation, putting yourself in the right place where something may unfold. Um, and again, we can talk about that in future shows. Um, my philosophy to a successful wedding day, which we're going to talk a little bit about, I think, in the next episode, um, is really just education and planning and really educating my brides on what I expect and what they expect of me. So it's a two-way street listening to them. Um, but I run out on a three-hour timeline uh prior to my wedding most of my couples see each other before um so that i have you know what i call time to play on the wedding day time to be creative time to shoot what i want you know i teach a whole and again we'll get into that i teach a whole thing on on that and how to do it and get them to see each other for the first time etc but i say you know to photographers do you shoot what you want or do you shoot what you get and I think a lot of photographers shoot what they get because they don't know how to make the timeline work in their favor. They don't know how to talk to the bride and, and couples in such a way that they get what they want. So for me, it's the success comes in the pre-planning because I want time to play and I want time to be creative and I want time to do. Yes, I have to shoot what they want, but I, I want to shoot what I want because if we're only shooting for the couple, then photography is not going to be fun for you. So you're going to mix it up a little bit. So that's kind of my approach to the wedding day. And I just go out there and have fun you know i've shot probably over a thousand weddings in my career uh, maybe more i don't know um but i still love it you know and you hear a lot of photographers talk about getting burned out and you know 
But if they run up against those obstacles and things that burn them out, then they have to figure out how to change that and make it work for them and not just complain about it. That could be a future topic as well, dealing yeah. with burnout. <laughs> I, th- I think after today's episode, we're going to have the next 75 episode show <laughs> topics uh, all lined so. up. It's going to be perfect. Yeah. So Brian, Again, how about you? What's, how do you approach a wedding day and kind of what's your, what's your take on it and what's your favorite part of the day? Yeah, it's, uh, I think it's a great question. Um, I, I fundamentally believe that wedding photography is about people and relationships and the moment that those people share together. And I'm very, very adamant about that approach as a wedding photographer in everything that I do. Because, again, our industry has has turned to this detail obsession. Um, and, and don't get me wrong. Listen, like the flowers, the decor, the, the ring. I mean, these things are all beautiful. They, they make up. They're like the what of, you know, a wedding day. Like that's like sort of the little details. When everything is gone and the wedding day is over and on your five-year wedding anniversary, a couple will appreciate beautiful moments and genuine images of those that they love more than they will appreciate the way that the flowers looked. And so um, that's not to say that I don't photograph the flowers and the details and all that because I do. I actually have my second shooter do that stuff as opposed to me so I can have my, my sole focus on the people. And that's really my approach to wedding photography because I have a big passion. I got married myself five years ago, and I know that when we look back at our photos, that's what I appreciate the most. Um, the interesting part about that actually was was my mindset changed a little bit after my wedding because up until then, I had always put a lot of um, emphasis on the portraits, you know, the time during the day when we're actually with the bride and groom and the wedding party and all that. And I love that stuff. Like, that's just... If I were to say what my favorite part of the day is, like, you know, creatively, I love that stuff. I love creating the warmth and just being able to uh, to create a vision for the couple and, and sort of show them what they're feeling, you know, and, and through, through imagery. And so I love that. But after my wedding five years ago, when we look back at the images from, from that wedding and in our wedding album, because we did get a wedding album made from our photographer – um, yeah, yeah, which most what most photographers don't do. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to f- see what it was like to be a client, and that was pretty important for me. So um, the images that I appreciate and that we love the most are those moments in the morning when we were getting ready, when we the photographer was kind of hanging around and capturing things as they happen. Um, and then during the reception, like during the dancing, during the cocktails, during the speeches, I have a picture of like my, my Nona crying during one of the speeches and it's like i actually never saw that during the speeches because you know we had 200 people at our wedding but looking back at those images those are the ones that mean the most to me and i love the portraits of us at the park in between they're great they're beautiful i love them but the ones that really impact me the most and bring me back to that day are those more photojournalistic moments that were happening when i wasn't aware of the photographer and so my, my perspective has shifted a bit. I'm not going to say I'm like a purist photojournalist because that's not the case. I'm actually – I'm not an introvert in the sense that I wanted to sit back. I actually like being able to affect and control and help and influence what's happening because I think that we have a lot of uh, flexibility in that and, and how we can be capturing and telling a story in a wedding day and how we are as a wedding photographer. But I would say that for me, that's the stuff that I appreciate the most at the same time I still love the portrait side. I still love being able to be creative and have fun. And, and basically, you know, I mean, 
how many couples, I'm sure you guys can relate to this, I'm sure every listener can relate to this. I have every single couple comes into my studio that meets with me and says, listen, I don't want to be posed. You know? mm-hmm. and, and it's like that's because our, our generation has this negative connotation with what it means to be posed. You know, we associate it with the high school, you know, bookshelf backdrop with like, you know, our, our, our hands under our chin. And like that's what we feel posing is. And I love being able to show couples, hey, listen, it's OK to have some direction. I will make you look your best and you will still feel comfortable in that position in that moment. And so I, well, I think that's it, I a think lot when of people say I don't want to be posed, they're, what they're saying is I don't want to be uncomfortable. Yeah, but if exactly. you can make them comfortable, exactly, then they're going to like their posed pictures. Mm-hmm. And and let me tell you, like to those listening, that idea in and of itself, if you can really master that, that will get you more business than I would bet anything else that you could do. Because of all things that a couple would talk about. They will always remember how you made them feel on their wedding day. Right. And you can get the technically most perfect photograph in the world. But if they're uncomfortable and feeling unnatural in that moment, every time they show somebody that picture, they're going to say, yeah, this is beautiful. This is drop dead gorgeous. This won this photographer awards. But I kind of felt really awkward in that moment. Right. That's what any other person is going to remember about you. Whereas if you can capture a great image but also make them feel comfortable and relax and enjoy the moment, they'll talk about that more than anything. Right. I think wedding photographer, like they say in real estate, location, location, location. Mm. Not just wedding photographer, but as a good photographer, personality, personality, yeah. personality. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Absolutely. And yeah. Real, honest, genuine, yeah. not fake. Yeah. Be yourself. Don't yeah. try to be anybody else, and they will love you. That's totally it. I've seen so many photographers, well, not even photographers, but uh, other vendors that will, you know, you can tell that they're kind of putting on an act sometimes. And the challenge with that, <laughs> as Bruce said earlier, you know, we're with this couple for, for how many hours on a day? 12 hours. Plus, we're dealing with them countless hours before, after, and everything else that goes on. And then all that gets passed on through referrals. We have to maintain that same kind of persona online, in our emails, everything. And if you're not being genuine to who you are, that's going to come across really quickly. And you're going to always be trying to backpedal to try and be somebody that you're not. So definitely, I agree with Robert. You have to be the best version of yourself. And yeah, so with that, Bruce, what about you? Me. Well, yeah, that's something we, you know, we talk to our, we talk to our couples when they come in to meet with us, you know, for the first time. And we say, regardless of whether you guys decide to go with us or go with somebody else, I shoot with my wife, so she's, she's my second shooter. Um, you know, we always tell them, regardless of, of who you go with at the end of the day, um, you be comfortable. Make sure you're comfortable with that photographer or photographers, uh, because nothing will, affect your wedding photos more than your relationship with your photographer i think um you know they always say the you know the camera looks both ways um you know that's a big it's a big part of it right if your if your clients aren't going to be comfortable with you then it's going to come through in the photos so i think that's an important um, thing that we try to convey to our clients to say look whether you if you love us, great, and you want to work with us, fantastic. If you if you don't feel comfortable with us, and we don't feel like we're the right fit, don't feel bad. We want you know find somebody that is going to be a good fit with you because we know we're not maybe the the right fit for every every couple that comes through our door, right, and, and vice versa. So I think that's a big part of it, and um, you know that's the kind of the approach that we take with our clients, and we'll have a. Another thing we can talk about is, you know, engagement sessions. We do that with all of our couples to get them comfortable with us before the wedding day as well. Um, but um, my favorite part of the day is probably the the morning, kind of the getting ready stuff. Um, oftentimes, I'll go with the girls and my wife will go with the guys. Um, just because I, I find what's happening with the girls tends to be a bit more interesting 
<laughs> than what's happening with the guys usually. Absolutely. Um, and it's just I find those at those times everybody's guard is down a little bit. Um, they're caught up in what they have to get done, and mm. it, it allows me to kind of capture you know you know be in the hunt as as Robert said right, looking for that those moments. And then I really like the uh, when our couples do a first look. Um, I know not every couple is into it, and sometimes timelines of the day and the way they have things scheduled kind of don't allow us to do that all the time. Um, but I really love that moment when you know the groom gets to see his bride for the first time. The bride sees you know her groom for the first time with nobody else around except us. And again, that's that privileged moment that you know <laughs> mm-hmm. nobody else gets to see you yeah. know, besides us. Um, but I find that's when people tend, you see real emotion and real, you know, real moments. Speeches are another really, that's another yeah. time where, you know, there's nothing beats a good tearjerker speech, you know. Okay, at, honestly, who's cried during a toast before? Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Sitting in the corner of the room. Yeah. <laughs> just tears running down my eyes. And I, and I know uh, Robert and I had, we, you and I had this conversation um, last week when we were doing some planning for the show, but I think you and I both love to look for grandparents. Um, yeah. I, I, you know, I unfortunately lost my, both my grandfathers were passed away before I was born, so I never got to know them or meet them. Um, and my, both my grandmothers passed away when I was still fairly young. So I only got to spend short periods of time with them. And that's one of the things, you know, that I, I wish I could have gotten to know my grandparents better and spent more, you know, more time with my grandparents. And so I, I know how important grandparents are to people and parents and, you know, any family member. So I'm always looking for those opportunities, not just to catch, you know, a, a formal moment with them, but also those candid moments, because those are often the times, you know, we had a bride this year that came in, it was only about three weeks after her wedding, she came in to, 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 to see their images. And one of the photos was of her groom, and it was with her grandmother, or his grandmother, rather. And uh, we found out that the grandmother had passed away two weeks after the wedding. So, you know, we, we, probably took the last photograph of her most likely um, or the last kind of you know official photograph of her um, and him together and that was really you know those are those are the moments where you kind of go wow this is this is why I do what I do um, right. and uh, it's you know those are tough moments right sometimes those things or the, the worst is when we have you know maybe a, a parent has recently passed just before the wedding and, you know, they're, they're going to talk about them at the wedding or at the reception or, the, you know, there's sometimes they maybe have a seat for that person at the wedding with a, with a photograph. Those are some pretty heavy emotional times. And, you know, they're difficult to photograph because I, I, I tend to be, I wear my emotions a little bit on my sleeve and I can get caught up in those moments and find myself like, you know, like I gotta clean myself up here and pull it together. <laughs> pull it together, yeah. Clark. Let's do this. Yeah. Um, but those moments for me really kind of, those push me on the wedding day, right? I love those moments and being able to capture those moments and then have the bride and groom go, oh, you know, I'm so glad you caught, you know, that moment with me and my grandmother or you caught that moment, you know, or, you know, you caught that um, piece of uh, the, the locket that I had in my, um, in my bouquet. That was my, you know, that was my grandmother's, you know, those kind of, when you hear those things, right, it's, yeah, it's kind of that makes it all worthwhile. Right? I mean, think of the significance of what we do. You know, yeah. Going back to what you said, Brian, about we're, we're there for the bride and groom and not for ourselves. And even if you've sort of not been treated the greatest, because not, you know, every couple is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, we've all had those experiences. But I mean, if you think about it, like the significance why as a historian and what you're doing and what those images are going to mean to those people and their kids and their grandkids in future generations, you know, we really have a very important role. I mean, it takes, you know, photography even that much more to the wedding photography to the top. 
absolutely absolutely i i think um just just as a quick as a quick i guess side tangent but also in giving <laughs> something really really kind of concrete too for the listener i just this came to me and it's something i always do but i thought this is very relevant to what we're talking about right now you know for those photographers that are listening right now that are let's say you're at a wedding and you're photographing the formal portrait time right and you're doing a portrait with bride and groom and grandma or groom with his grandma or whatever right i mean these moments are great these portraits are great they're 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 documentary it's like this is who was at the wedding <laughs> you know the formal portraits but he, here's something that i would encourage you to really consider take that formal portrait and most photographers at that point they pull the camera down they look at their list and they move on to the next one don't pull the camera down finish with the portrait Say to the to the groom and to his grandma or whoever it's in front of the camera, and this could be applied to anyone in the family, and say, "Okay, we got it," but keep your eye on that on that grouping on that you know groom with his grandma, because like any grandma at that point is then going to reach up to the to the groom, probably grab onto his cheek or grab onto the back of his head, give him this big kiss. They're going to have this like really really genuine moment, and. That is what we need to be capturing. So, yes, we need to get that formal portrait of them smiling, looking at the camera, cheese. But then let's let's not put the camera down and really be sensitive to it's the genuine moments that happen before and after that formal portrait that are really meaningful. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, right. I had a chance recently to um, to meet up with uh, Erica and Lanny Mann from Two Man Studios. They're a couple of photographers um, here in Alberta that they're uh, quite, you know, their stuff is, is pretty remarkable. But they were, they were doing a speak uh, or, or speaking engagement for, I believe it was the Fearless Photographers. Mm. And their, I think the, the title of their uh, talk was Shoot the Bleep Out of It. And and that was one of their things where they said, you know, just go in there and shoot the crap crap out of it because mm -hmm. if it's that moment when you put your camera down and re and relax your guard that that moment happens. And yeah. they said, you know, th your odds of getting that one in a million shot go up. It's like buying a ticket to the lottery. You know, if you, yeah. if you if you only buy one ticket in the lottery, your odds you know of winning the lottery are pretty slim. Now, if you buy you know ten thousand tickets to the lottery. You're, you know, you're probably still not going to win the lottery, but your, your, your odds are going to go up, right? And that was kind of their, their idea. And I'd love to have them on the show and talk about that in a future episode if we can get them on. I think that would be great. But that was, you know, waiting, you know, not, you know, having that camera at the ready and being, you know, anticipating, you know, I think Robert talked about anticipation, right? Yeah. Um, and waiting for those moments. But that's a great tip, Brian. Yeah, is, is, yeah, you know, get the formal portrait, but then don't stop shooting. Shoot through it, yeah. right? Shoot through the moment, you know, because that's, like you say, when sometimes when those genuine heart-touching, you know, kind of heartfelt moments happen. Absolutely. And if it's not you, educate your second shooter on that. Like, yeah. be ready for this. You know, when I pull the camera down or if I miss it, like, I want you watching, you know, those moments right before and right after, you know, I'm yeah. taking the picture. Yeah. Um, or what I do is I actually have my second shooter shoot the formals and I direct with my uh, camera in my hand so that I'm watching for that stuff. But I'm directing, mm -hmm. they're just pushing the button. Another topic, but cool. um, you know, like, however you do it, you know, just educate that other person too, that that's what you want, you know? Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Well, one last kind of thing I wanted to sort of just maybe just a bit of a wrap, maybe more on the technical side is let's talk just a little bit about what everybody shoots with. I know people are going to ask us, you know, not not that what you shoot with matters, but I think just in terms of when we get talking, because we're going to have some segments where we're going to talk a little bit about gear and about equipment and things like that. So maybe just talk a little bit about, you know, on the technical side, what you like to shoot with, you know, maybe your favorite piece of gear. If you were stuck on a desert island and only could have one lens, what would you choose? That kind of thing. <laughs> hey, Brian, you start. <laughs> cool. So, um, 
I've been a Nikon shooter for the last seven years, and uh, currently I've got the Nikon D4S, and I've got you know the 70-200, the 24, like all the all the lenses. Um, but my my priorities in that have shifted in the past year and a half. I'm actually a Fuji X photographer now, um, and by X photographer that doesn't mean that like I was a photographer <laughs> and like X. It's like X. It's a bad name anyway. Not an X Fuji, but a Fuji yeah, X. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm sponsored by Fuji. I guess is the best way to put it. And uh, and and I've been shooting about 65 percent of my work now with my Fuji gear, hmm. and uh, it's completely opened up. A whole new way of shooting, a whole new style. I know Robert. I'm sure you'll talk about you know yourself with your mirrorless cameras. But the, the this whole new world that we're in with mirrorless cameras, and specifically for me, my Fuji cameras have just have been a total source of inspiration for me and in how I shoot, why I shoot. Um, you know, my back appreciates the fact that I'm not carrying around these giant cameras. <laughs> but that's that's where I've been spending a lot of time recently. Um, for portraits, I'll usually just bring my Fuji stuff out. I don't even need to bring my Nikon with me. Um, you know, obviously, for some of the faster moving stuff during a wedding day, I'll want my Nikon for the focus. But that's pretty much it. I've got the Fuji XT1. If you want specifics, I've got the Fuji X100T. Um, the primes on the Fujis are just unbelievable. So I've got the 56 1.2 prime, the 23 uh, 1.4 prime, um, and that's it. I, I do a lot of uh, off-camera flash work. And so I've got these little Cactus V6 triggers that I use. And that way I can basically just take the trigger and put it onto my uh, my Nikon or I can put it onto my Fuji and it's going to work all just the same. So I've got all SB900s that I use for my flashes. And that's pretty much it, sort of in a nutshell, I guess. I know it's really techy, but that's that's what I use. I'm an Apple guy, so all my computers and everything is Apple. I've got every product that they've ever made, I think, ever since 1995 or something like that. So You have the original? I, I don't, oh. no. I've... Oh, the original, yeah. No, no, no. I don't. I don't have that one. It's maybe not that long, but <laughs> that's uh, yeah. That's me in a nutshell. Shrine yeah, museum. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's me in a nutshell. That's what I use. That's cool. how I shoot. Robert, how about you? I'm a Sony shooter. I'm a Sony artisan. Uh, I've been shooting Sony for about two and a half years now. Uh, formerly shot Canon, so I switched over, and um, absolutely love like the technology and like what Sony's done and and I know Sony's getting a lot of buzz and as they should um but I have a myriad of different Sony bodies uh, I started shooting the A77 I don't have any more A99 was a lot of my wedding works and then like Brian said I've kind of gone to mirrorless so I'm shooting a lot of my A7s um you know I have an A7 A7S A7R uh, typically at the weddings now I'm using the S for the low light in that um uh, as well as that shoots 4K, but I'm not utilizing that, of course, at my weddings. Um, and one of my favorite cameras, actually, I have it sitting on my desk, is the uh, A6000. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, look how little this is. Like Brian talked about light, saving his back. Um, you know, it's just, and it's amazingly fast. You know, he said he still breaks out his Nikon. That camera shoots 11 frames a second. And uh, with a 7200 G series lens on that, um, it's just I shoot sports with it. I shoot my kids' games with it. I shoot candidates at weddings with it. Um, one of the things I like to do is like walk around the cocktail hour and like hunt, as I said, and like single out guests and shoot candid headshots of different guests and you know get them smiling. Um, but for sports, I actually just took that um, <clears throat> to a football game this weekend. I got a pass to an NFL game, and I was on the field and I shot with just that camera and you should have seen the looks that I was getting from the other photographers. <laughs> but then they got brave and started asking me like, what camera is that? And then I started showing them because I can Wi-Fi right from the camera to my iPhone. Yeah, right. And I was showing them images that I got 
And so they were like, I put one on Instagram. So if anybody wants to go, I saw it. We'll give all that out. But, um, (laughs) and like, you know, they were like, wow. Like, I think they were kind of doubly impressed that I could just send the image right from my, you know, camera to my iPhone on the spot. But, um, it was, it's just a really an amazing, and I'm shitty in a ton of that at my, at my weddings. Like, you know, people think like, well, the, I think biggest question people ask, like, well, don't you worry about what your couple thinks? Um, a lot of people will come up and ask me about that camera, you know, because it's smaller and different, but you know, like Brian said, he, he's just amazed by his cameras and it's amazing. And, you know, they have to, you know, I'm there, they're trusting me. Um, but you know, I mean, just some of the technology that Sony has, I mean, the, OLED viewfinder where you can actually adjust your exposure right in the viewfinder and not pull the camera away from your eye. You don't have to chimp and look at the back of your camera. You can just shoot, adjust. You know, I mean, there's so many. We again, whole show, whole show. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> loving my Sony stuff. Nice, nice. What about you, Bruce? Well, I'm still, uh, I'm still, I'm old school. I'm still kicking it in the Canon camp. Uh, I'm still lugging around four thousand. It's good that we have three year. different brands, though. Yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah we cover it all. Um, so yeah, I'm kicking it old school. I'm, uh, I shoot mainly with a with a Canon, uh, the one DX, and then uh, a five D Mark III as my second body primarily. Um, and you know the range of lenses and and uh, you know from primes to zooms, kind of cover it all. Um, like Brian, I like to do a lot of off camera flash. So I um, I originally was was using mainly the Canon flashes, but uh, recently in the last uh, last couple of years, I've actually switched over. I'm using these uh, bare bulb flashes from uh, mm. from well Godox or Cheetah also makes them a few different ones, and I found they're similar, very similar to the Quantum lights, mm. um, and I find they're 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 excellent lights, um, very affordable and just super fast recycling times, and so I you know we bring those bring those with us everywhere we go, so. That's my story. I haven't gone the the mirrorless route um, yet. I think it's probably something that I'll take a look at in the next you know in the next couple of years. I'm really intrigued by what Sony's doing. You know, couple of this, years. You need to jump on that. I know. I know. It's uh, <laughs> it's, it's okay, stay. Robert. If he keeps hanging out with us, we'll, we'll get him switched over eventually. You get me there. Um, <laughs> I did switch to mirrorless in the next three episodes. Probably. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You guys will make me go out and spend money. Um, hey, that Sony A6000 is only six hundred and fifty dollars. I know, but they just announced yeah. that new A7 II with the yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's uh, yeah, it's and then and the A6000 is not mirrorless, but it's translucent mirror. But I mean, still, that I love that little camera. Yeah, yeah. So well, that's I technology. A There's always going to be a new camera, just like computers. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, oh yeah, you can never keep up with it. I mean, I had the Fuji X100, and mm-hmm. I love that little camera. It was a great little camera. But I was finding that like I I bought it thinking I would take it on trips and you know it would be kind of my pack around camera. Yeah. And I I found nine times out of ten I was you know I was bringing my iPhone and using that for any of those kind of shots. And it just, it just wasn't getting the love that I felt it should get. Yeah. <laughs> so and I ended up leaving I it. I kind of was the same way, but with the A6000 or any camera that does that, because it Wi-Fi's right to your phone, I'd so much rather like take a nice quality image and then yeah. send it to my phone. And so I put stuff on Instagram and people will say, you got that with your iPhone? I'm all, yeah. Well, then I went out and, bought the, <laughs> then I went out and got the 6 Plus and I'm pretty happy with that. So I don't know. So I'm kind of, yeah. you know, I'm on the fence. But I, I think eventually, yeah, I, I will see it. And I'm starting to see that movement with other photographers too, you know, making a bit of that, that leap into the mirrorless world. And again, we could probably have a whole show just talking oh, about, yeah. about this for yeah. sure. But yeah. um, so that's kind of where I, you know, that's, that's where I am. I also um, do teach as well. So I teach a lot on off-camera flash and, and studio lighting and stuff like that because I find that's an area where a lot of photographers struggle. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it, it tends to be a bit more technical. Maybe it's a guy thing. We tend to be more into the 
the gear and the techie side of it. Um, so I like that stuff. I like getting into the mechanics of the flash and, and teaching that. So I, I, I teach a lot of that um, and really enjoy that. We don't use it in all of our work. I'd say probably it's, you know, about 20% of our work is, is off camera yeah. flash, but definitely having that tool in our tool belt, I think helps us, you know, separate awesome. us a little bit from other photographers that maybe are, you know, just quote unquote natural light photographers. Right. Um, so cool. Well, guys, I think that's, I think we've done a pretty good job of introducing ourselves to our audience. What do you guys, how do you guys feel? Well, they, they always have the questions. Yeah. They can, they can email us. And they're going to, they'll probably get sick of us, I'm sure, eventually. So they'll, <laughs> they'll learn more about <laughs> us and, you know, all this kind of stuff in, in future episodes, I'm sure. But I think what we wanted to do in this episode was really just kind of establish, like, who are we and, and, and what's the show going to be about? Um, I think... You know, upcoming episodes, I mean, we kind of mentioned even already some potential topics that we could talk about. You know, we've talked about marketing. We've talked about, um, you know, communicating with the bride and groom to develop a timeline for the day. You know, we've talked about some gear stuff. We've covered a whole bunch of t- topics today, obviously just, you know, really skimming the surface. But I think those will make great discussion topics for future episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the, uh, one of the things we want to have as a feature we want to have is, is a, is a listener question segment. So we want to definitely get your, uh, feedback and get your questions and see if we can, if we can answer them, or maybe if, if we can't answer them, we can bring in, you know, somebody that can answer, you know, a question for you. Um, you know, it, it can be about anything. It can be gear related. It could be about business. It could be about marketing. It could be about relationship building. It could be about how to work with your clients to get better expression out of them better emotion you know posing those all kinds of topics you know the the uh, sky's the limit in terms of what you can ask us so if you want to ask us a question um you can do it a couple of different ways um you can send us an email twipwed at thisweekinphoto.com and we'll, we'll get those emails um you can also go over on to the thisweekinphoto.com um, website and there's a place on there where you can ask a listener question and leave an audio question We'll also uh, keep an eye out on uh, Twitter. If you use the hashtag TwipWed, you can ask questions uh, through Twitter. Um, or you can also uh, use the comment section. Uh, so for each episode that we do, there'll be a, a blog post that'll accompany it. We'll have links in there uh, to the show notes, anything that we talk about. If there's links to things, uh, be it articles that we talk about or you know, blog posts or gear or whatever, uh, we'll have that in the show notes. You can go to this episode, um, you know, blog post for this episode, leave comments in there and we'll, we'll definitely take those as well and look for your questions and your comments and your feedback. And so there's no confusion. Just let them know. We do not have a Twitter account for the show. So no. just tweet with your own account and use that hashtag. Um, and you know, we can do that as well as I think we're going to have an Instagram account. We've kind of talked about that. So yeah. look for that in the future. Mm-hmm. And that was all my two cents. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> so yeah, so maybe just to kind of we'll, we'll wrap things up there. And uh, where where can people find everybody, Robert? Where can everybody find you? Where's the best? Where do you hang out these days? Well, I like to hang out at home with my kids when I'm okay. not traveling. But uh, <laughs> if you want to see my website, of course it's robertevans.com. Um, Twitter, I'm at Robert Evans. Uh, Instagram is at Robert Evans, and then uh, Google Plus is. Uh, well, it's, I guess it's plus Robert Evans 101. Excellent. And Brian, where can cool. folks find you? So if you're interested in checking out any of my photography, my website is www.bcapphoto.com. That's B-C-A-P photo with two Ps. I always have to make that clarification because mm-hmm. I don't have the other domain registered. And so you'll go to some other website if you go there. Um, 
And if you want to find me on Facebook or on Twitter, it's BCAP Photo. So at BCAP Photo on Twitter or Facebook.com slash BCAP Photo on Facebook. And if you want to find any of the educational stuff that I do for photographers where I teach and talk all about the business of photography, that's at SproutingPhotographer.com. Or because you're listening to a podcast and if you like podcasts, which we hope you do because you just listened to the last 45 minutes of us talk, uh, I also have a podcast as well if you're interested in diving more into the business side of photography. And that's just at uh, Sprouting Photographer uh, in iTunes. Awesome. And that's it. Yeah, I love that show. I listen to it all the time and go to your site for resources. It's great. So Thank you. Excellent. And if you want to keep up with uh, with me, uh, you can uh, find me at a few different places. Uh, my website is momentsindigital.com. Uh, on Twitter, I'm Bruce Clark, and that's Clark with an E, so C-L-A-R-K-E. Uh, same thing, Google+, Plus. just search for Bruce Clark. You'll find me on there. And on Facebook, uh, business is at uh, Moments in Digital Photography facebook.com slash moments in digital photography and again we'll have links to all these things um you know over on the blog post so if you're not sure just head on over to thisweekinphoto.com and look for the twip pro weddings show and uh, check out the show notes for this episode so with that um until next time i guess uh, don't trip and fall into the baptismal pool i don't know i tried to come up with something clever you know frederick's got you know <laughs> take the lens cap off i don't know it's <laughs> Subject to change. We, we have to work on that. We have to work. We might have to work on that one. Yeah. So, in any event, uh, until the next episode, uh, thanks everybody, and we'll talk to you on the next show. Bye. See ya.